0: up guys welcome over to the parking lot we've got kyle and myself logan here on the pod today so we're gonna chat it up we're gonna talk about some of the hot teams right now some teams that have just been kind of standing out that we maybe haven't given as much love to yet uh then we're gonna talk about some some crazy plays either good or bad that we've seen happen over the last couple days and then we're gonna chat a little bit about Some first-time All-Stars, maybe some guys who deserve to be considered for All-Star. So, yeah, let's jump on in.
1: All right, welcome back to the parking lot, guys. Here with Logan today. What's up, man? Got to jump right into... uh, draymond green last night i I can't believe that shot i don't want to talk about this since i saw it what were your first thoughts when you when you saw that i had to look at the clock and go back but what went through your head when you watched him launch so the
0: first thing i thought of was um i don't remember i don't know if you remember this play from uh i think it was last season but uh was it it was andre drummond on the Cavs. (laughs) who he's like in the backcourt and he, like, spins and, like, jukes one guy out. And he hucks it up from half court. And it
1: was, like, there was still, like, 10 seconds left on the clock. Uh, oh, man. Dude, Drummond, every, like, every couple months, you get, like, a real just juicy Drummond play <laughs> where he just thinks he's, like, he's Kyrie Irving. It cracks me up, man. It's so funny. But, yeah, Draymond wow. last night, eight seconds oh. on the clock. I guess he's trying to draw a foul, but – Oh, Steph's face is just priceless, man. It just, kills me. <laughs> I think he's watched so much Steph playing, playing with him over the years that he just, in that moment, thought that, you know, Steph can do what I can do. <laughs> he just watched.
0: <laughs> Maybe try to channel a little bit
1: of that inner Clay he's got in him somewhere. Jeez, dude, I was cracking up over that, and I mean, he's he knows that. He acknowledged it in this quote, but it was cracking me up. But, anyways, oh, yeah. man, how you how you been? What's what's new with you? Yeah, dude, things are good. I mean,
0: basketball, world's, you know, basketball world is good. Um, we're you know, a little more than a quarter way, almost maybe almost a third of the way kind of into the season. We're kind yeah. of, you know, I, I think we're starting to see like where teams are really at. Um, I think even over the last couple of weeks, you know, we've talked about, you know, oh, man, these teams have been, you know, they have not been clicking or these teams have been clicking. But I think we're starting to really see the normalization throughout the league on what we kind of expected from some of these teams. yeah. Um, and so that's what I've been kind of like, just like looking at, it was like, you know, cause for a while we're like looking at like the Cavs and the Knicks in the top eight in the East, we're starting to see them come back to earth a little bit, still playing better than they have the last couple of seasons, but
1: mm-hmm. a
0: little bit more where they should be uh, Raptors, you know, coming up a little bit, Pacers coming down, just, you know, just certain yeah. teams just kind of, starting to kind of find their place or where we thought that they would be. Um, and so it's, it's been reassuring to know that, you know, that uh, it, it still happens. Some, uh, There's teams that get hot or whatever. <laughs> and They come back regression to the little, mean, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the one team that hasn't regressed back to the mean in a positive way, I mean, negative way, depends on like how you look at it, is Minnesota. I just can't get over oh, man. how bad they are night in, night out. and I just, it is so crazy to me with how much talent they have. I know Cats barely played, but, and we talk about them on the pod all the time. I just, I can't I mean, every time I look up, they've lost four out of five, six out of seven games. They have yeah. like five wins on the season. And it's just so sad because they have, they it really exists. do have a lot of talented players. And Anthony Edwards, like, he's been crazy and efficient. It was just what we thought he would be, but he shows flashes and he looks okay. And it's like, they have young talent. They have veteran talent. Like they've got, kind of more like in their prime talent malik beasley is actually playing pretty good when he's mm-hmm. not in jail um <laughs> so I, or, house arrest, or yeah, house arrest yeah or you know going after uh going after uh, scotty's wife scotty pippa's <laughs> wife that guy's Malik beasley's got a lot going on right now <laughs> in his life. Wow. but uh anyways they're like the one team i feel like that hasn't quite regressed back to where i I at least thought they'd be in that realm preseason. Um, yeah. I thought they'd be a little bit better than the, what they're showing. But, yeah, for the most part, I agree. The Cavs have settled back down a little bit. The Knicks are definitely, like, a sub-500 team, but they're going to flirt with 500, mm-hmm. which is exciting. And I think for Knicks, yeah. teams, that's exciting. Like, and so, yeah, these teams don't have to blow play the in doors off their expectations and, like, be 20 went over their expectations. But, like, they – yeah they can kind of flirt with mediocrity and as Suns fans we understand like that's a that's a huge success in some seasons yeah. so
0: yeah I think it's kind of you know that's where we were last year you know like we finally kind of started to get like momentum we had Ricky Rubio come in a few other good players and yeah. it was kind of like okay you know we're gonna take ourselves out from the bottom tier and just get ourselves into you know the okay you know were almost good enough you know to where we can actually compete and then you know we went and got Chris Paul and things changed so we could do that um and so it's interesting to try to like see the teams that you know can do that kind of thing um but, but what about you what if, wh- is there a a team that you've just been like watching recently that you've just been loving like is, do you have like a favorite week fast team or
1: something yeah, um, yeah so i watching? I, I've really enjoyed having League Pass. I had it for about a month, and now I just I just downgraded to NBA TV because I usually get one or two games a night. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really want to watch Brooklyn, but I live in New York and it's all blacked out. So I honestly yeah. I don't think I've seen a single full Brooklyn game all year, and that sucks because I I really want to watch that team. Everyone talks about how fun they are, mm-hmm. um, but I have watched uh, a little bit of Charlotte. I know they're kind of a trendy yeah. League Pass team, but man. They are seriously so fun. I think LaMelo has been so much better than, you know, even advertised. And he was number one on my board. I believe he was number one on your board. Like, I mean, we were really high on this kid. Thought he had a, the world of potential. I mean, he's – it's crazy, his ceiling right now, What at least where it's projecting. He hit seven threes last night. Like, who thought he would walk into the NBA and and have a game where he hit seven threes a quarter of the way into his rookie season? Like – crazy i thought he may never be that kind of a volume shooter five years six years into the league into like his prime it's really incredible what he's showing and you know i heard everyone always throws out the the magic johnson you know comparison ben simmons got it when he was young if if you're if you're big and you can pass you got some court vision like you're going to get the magic magic johnson comparison but this might be the most apt one and truly if he continues on this trajectory. I, that's that's like Luca level young star legitimately yeah. and, and it's so crazy to say because you thought he came into the league with so many holes in his game but where are these holes he scores at the rim he's a much better shooter than we thought he can beat you off the dribble he can beat you off the catch and he still has like you know his ace in the hole which is his passing ability which is always what he's been most touted for Man, mm-hmm. they're just a fun team but if you extend out past Lomelo he makes everyone you know around him better and he's really like what adds he's kind of the engine to that uh, entertainment value I guess in the team but Miles Bridges catching lobs from him is is super fun Gordon Hayward the reclamation project has been really cool to see I like Malik Monk a lot I really like Malik Monk I really do I think he's got poor man Jordan Clarkson written all over him I mean as a Mm. Suns fan I he was a guy that I was kind of looking at like could you get him he was still under contract but like when he becomes a free agent can you get him for cheap as a guy off your bench who can uh like Alec Burks type player Jordan Clarkson type player those are so valuable in the league I think so um yeah what are your impressions of, of Charlotte so far yeah um I was gonna say when you
0: had mentioned uh Bridges um so if you've watched their games have you heard their announcer
1: Oh, he's awesome. Their announcers Dude, are he awesome. Is
0: crazy. <laughs> Every time there's like yeah. a mob from yeah. Baldur Bridges, he just like
1: explodes. It's so fun. <laughs> he deserves some shine, man. That announcer, both of them are really good. They make it fun yeah. to listen
0: to. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I feel like I'll watch, you know, you'll you'll watch like your team or whatever, and they'll be playing, you know, and sometimes you'll watch uh like I'll go and watch like the NBA highlights sometimes of like the Phoenix Suns, and sometimes they'll show the perspective from like the other team. I'm always like list- I'm always like interested to like hear other reporters because you get so used to I like hearing totally like your I commentators totally and everything, and you're just kind of like expecting a certain thing. And uh, I think the Suns commentators are good, you know. I don't think they're bad, but you know, by any means. But it was so interesting to just like hear these two guys just like explode and they're just loving life watching this like fun yeah. young team and everything so it was so cool it's so awesome like hear them just on how passionate they are and everything
1: yeah yeah i totally agree man i totally agree yeah. um, I, I do the same thing if i can if i can check out a broadcast or even watch highlights and i get like the other announcers on the other end i think it's really mm-hmm.
0: fun to listen to but yeah um, um but as far as with the Hornets. um yeah i mean he ball has just looked so good um and it's so hard to not compare him to his brother you know because they have yes yeah. you know similar play styles and everything in their brothers i mean um but i think the other guy that um and you mentioned him but but gordon hayward man he has looked awesome yeah for them. yeah um so i'm like so curious like it, does You've he have been a, a big gordon hayward
1: up, fan for years too
0: I had I, I
1: I know he's been your guy when he was in Boston even before in Utah mm-hmm. like you've always been a fan of his game so I yeah I'm sure you're you're happy to see him really bounce back he looks he looks like his old self a bit and it's it's been fun to see he really does and I'm like so curious to like
0: what was it about it when when he was in Boston that just like didn't quite click like I mean he had good stretches and runs in Boston and everything you know but we're seeing the Gordon Hayward that that they got from Utah, you know, like this, you yeah. know, all around kind of 20 point a game scorer and just, you know, rebounder. And every, like, he's just looking like his old self. And it's interesting yeah. that he's doing
1: that right after he leaves Boston.
0: <laughs> so let's talk about that
1: for a second, because I think Boston was kind of, I think maybe anointed a little bit too early as this, but like the future of the NBA You need to have six small – like, six forwards that can all switch. And you basically play, like – you can play five guys that are six, seven, you know, at the same time on the court. Brad Stevens is the best coach of all time. He's going to, like, kind of take Pop's seat as, like, the next, like, legendary coach in the NBA. I really like Brad Stevens. And I really like the way that their roster was constructed. But look at, like, Jalen Brown, how he's exploded this year. And we'll talk about Jalen Brown a little bit later. Yeah. Um, And his season that he's having. I mean – it's sometimes it's addition by subtraction. Like Jalen Brown, and I've been a big Jalen Brown fan for a long time.
0: Yeah, you have been.
1: He was not getting the shine he deserved last season when he's trying to juggle minutes with Tatum, who rightfully is the number one, and then Hayward, who rightfully came in as an all-star from Utah and deserved, even after the injury, like a lot of looks and a lot of touches. And I feel like Hayward and Jalen Brown both had to split those minutes and split – kind of the offensive attention, I guess, it plays run for them, schemes, everything like that. And I think it diluted both of their talent. I think it hurt them both equally. And so now that they've Hayward's in a different situation and Jalen Brown has that role to himself, they're both flourishing. So sometimes I think it's as simple as that. And I think maybe Boston and that like 18 small forward system lineup was maybe a little bit premature. Um, Cause I know as a Suns fan for a minute there, we had a million small forwards, like TJ Warren, we had Kelly Oubre. We had Mikel Bridges. Then we drafted yeah. Cam Johnson. And we drafted Cam Johnson, traded TJ right around the same time. But for a minute there, we had, like, four small forwards. And I remember the, the narrative was like, yeah, but Boston. Boston has a million small forwards, and they're a good team. And I'm like, yeah, but has Boston won a championship? Has this really been proven, like, the blueprint right. for success? Like, they're a good team, but are they – they're not Golden State good where, like, they change the way the league is – the game is played. And so I, I think it's kind of come back down to earth a little bit. Um, I'm really happy for Gordon and Jalen for that matter.
0: I totally agree. It, it's so awesome to kind of see each of them flourish a little bit more um, and just kind of be able to come into like their own game a little bit more. Um, and with, with Hayward, you know, he's kind of the, the number one option just in the sense that, that Ball is kind of number two just because he's facilitating so much. He's still a rookie. And so, I mean, Hayward's averaging like 23 points a game, which is the most he's averaged. Um, Now, obviously we're only a quarter way into the season or whatever, but still uh, the most he's ever averaged. Yeah. So his last season in Utah, he averaged 22 points a game. And, you know, that's exactly where he's at right now. So, I mean, he looks to be like the guy that he was, you know, his last season in Utah. Um, And now with Jalen Brown, like, we're almost seeing Jalen Brown take over the uh, the number one spot in Boston, which has been crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's been kind of consensus. Like, Tatum's still, like, the number one guy and everything. But the way Jalen Brown's playing right now, like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm I'm going to him before Tatum at this point right well, now. And
1: I don't even think it's a knock on Tatum.
0: Like, I, yes, I'm watching him
1: play Utah right now, and he's not having a yeah. great night. But he hasn't had a bad season. Like, Tatum's still – the dude like he's still jason tatum it's totally truly just how incredible Jalen brown has been like he's had a couple 40 point games he had that game where he had like 42 and three quarters like that's like superstar. 23 minutes or something like that it's insane he like broke a record that's that's superstar level that's that's kobe bryant level like scoring prowess and it doesn't look yeah. like an aberration like it, it it looks and he's shown over the last couple of seasons that he's been growing and building into this like that right. shot's not just a blip on the radar like coming out of Cal, that was like the biggest knock on him was his jump shot and he has like turned that into like a legitimate like it's it, it's beyond polished like it's yeah he's one of the better off the dribble shooters i think in the league right now so yeah, yeah. i can't say enough good things about Jalen brown but let's talk about some other league pass teams well, let's well let's talk about a team i guess that I thought would be a really fun league pass team that I actually really have not enjoyed watching too much, was which is Atlanta. And I yes, know they've yeah. dealt with some injuries, so I want to cut them some slack there. And We talked about DeAndre Hunter, and you know, unfortunately he's going to be out for about two months, it's looking like.
0: Yeah, which Hunter's is so really pretty. rough.
1: It is, yeah. So, I mean, they've definitely been bitten by the injury bug. I just, even at full strength, I just really, I, I wasn't a huge fan of signing a million guys like they did there wasn't going to be enough spots and minutes for all of them anyways i read something on twitter a bunch of atlanta fans are already trying to ship rondo out of town could have seen yeah. that coming a mile away like
0: that was a weird not going to get motivated yeah.
1: rondo like he just cashed out winning a championship and got you know a two-year contract like you were never you were never going to get max effort out of rondo in atlanta yeah. For a team that didn't make the playoffs last year. No way. No way. And so that looks bad. I really think Trey is just he's just not my favorite player in the league to watch. He can be fun on some nights, but um John Collins has been awesome. They've had some pieces that are awesome, but collectively, you know, I really haven't enjoyed watching him as much as I thought they as I thought I would. Because I thought they'd be up there with Charlotte as like one of the up really fast paced, really exciting teams. Um, for sure. And I don't think that's quite come to fruition, but, but Brooklyn, Charlotte, any other teams that like really jump out at you that have been fun to watch? Um, well,
0: I think another team and a, a guy that we need to talk about mainly on that team, uh, Sacramento Kings. Uh, Kings have been balling out recently. They have so been fun. playing so well and they're a surprising kind of a, they're just like a really fun team to watch right now. Um they um and on most of that is coming from I would say Darren Fox. Not to downplay the you know the role that other guys have played, but Darren Fox is playing on another level right now. He has yeah. stepped up once again, and he is you know he has become he is the go-to guy in Sacramento for sure. There's not a question of it uh, between him or Buddy or anyone like it's, This is Fox's team. He's going to yep. run. And they've picked, at least it seems like they've picked their pace back up, which is what Fox wants to do.
1: Yeah,
0: Tony's at his best. Yes. Um, and then, so they've just been super fun to watch. And I also, and I think the other part of it, at least for me, it's been uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, He's an awesome that guy. It is how, so talented. How did anyone pass on him, man?
1: How I don't sons understand. Pass on him? How, but it was like five teams. He was supposed to go, and they were from like four to eight. I There's all, you know, there's reports that, you know, his agent was telling teams that he wanted to go to Sacramento because he wanted to play alongside De'Aaron Fox as like the long-term piece. But
0: mm-hmm. I don't know,
1: man. Like, I don't know how teams pass on And a lot of teams are going to kick themselves because he is like so, so good.
0: Yeah. Um, I mean, behind Lamelo Ball, I mean, he's got to be like Rookie of the Year, you know, like this, like yeah. the runner-up right now. You know, he's he's not taking it from Ball right now. Um, you know, especially because he's coming off the bench and things like that. But he's looked phenomenal. Um,
1: yeah,
0: he's coming to the league ready to play, and he's looked great beside Fox. Um, yeah, and so and they've just kind of gotten things kicking and working a little bit, and. They've just been and Fox has just been unstoppable. I mean, they just beat the Clippers on Sunday. Yeah, um, and I don't, I don't know if you saw that game, but it was so such so, such a good game. It, it wasn't
1: the, once again. It wasn't the Clippers like just having a bad Sunday. Like you would assume if right. the Kings beat the Clippers, it's like, oh, did Kawhi and Paul George not play? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if Paul George played actually. I, I know Kawhi played, but either way, like the Clippers looked sharp. The Kings, are, they're, they're rolling. I think they've won like five out of six or six out of seven. Yeah. You know, and, and I will say, I will say, Buddy Heald, because clearly now Tyrese is showing that he is the long term backcourt mate to Darren Fox. And I think they're a really, really good tandem. They fit really well together. I mentioned this uh, to you the other day, but they might be the best young backcourt in the league. Right. Clearly not the best backcourt in the league. You got Dame CJ, you got. Chris, Paul, Devin Booker, you got when Clay's healthy, Clay and Steph, there's a lot of really Kyrie and, Kyrie and Harden, Kyrie and Harden, but just young backcourts, you go 25 and under, maybe legitimately, they might be the best, the best backcourt today and going yeah. forward. That's scary for a lot of teams. Cause that's a really, really good young duo, young backcourt, but I got to give, I got to give buddy love, buddy healed some love here. Yeah. He's traditionally known. I think as just a bit of a chucker, great shooter, but he's going to just put up 10 threes a game and on a good night, he'll hit six of those on a bad night he'll hit three, but either way, you know, you're getting 15 points from buddy kind of thing. Um, I think my, my favorite player prop to bet right now is buddy healed rebound and assist overs because he's really mm. turned into a, a much better facilitator than I think he was in the past. He's got this really nice connection with um, Rashawn Holmes. And he's kind of an underrated passer. Like, I I know he's not probably the future next to De'Aaron Fox. I think that's clearly Tyrese. I don't know if he's even going to be a king for that many more, you know, for that much longer, uh, however many more years. I'm not sure. But I think he's growing as a player because we know he's an elite shooter. I think he's really, really improved his playmaking. And I got to give him some, some love in that respect. And he's a big reason why when those two guys are off the floor, he can kind of run that offense a little bit and they're able to make these runs with their bench units. So,
0: yeah. And I, and I, and I totally agree with that, you know? And so like when we give, you know, Fox and Halliburton, some of the love, you know, they, the Kings would not be where they're at without, you know, those other guys doing their parts as well. Sure. Um, I think they've all played really well. Yes, I would agree. Um, Barnes, I mean, too. I was, He's had a nice stretch. Yeah. 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 Um, and I was even just, I was checking the score right now. Um, but it's uh, Kings are tied right now with the Sixers. Um, and Fox already has 27 points and we're not even to the end of the third quarter yet. He has been night in night
1: out.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He, he's just been unstoppable. Um, and so super fun team to watch everything. He's averaging 23 points right now and six and a half assists. So, just doing awesome stuff over there in Sacramento, which is so encouraging because like two years ago you had, I think it was two years ago when the Kings kind of got good and they were, you know, making a run for the playoffs and they just missed it. But then last year they didn't look like the same team at all with, you know, Luke. Well, it just kind of felt like it slowed down. It wasn't working quite as well, yeah. yeah. but it's, it's good to kind of see them come back into this and kind of, you know, be propelled by, by Fox. Cause it does seem like things are hopefully going to be changing for the better again.
1: Yeah, for sure. For sure. They've been really fun. Um, what other teams, maybe not league past teams as much, but, but teams that have stood out to you recently, good or bad. Um, let's start with the bad. And I don't want to like dig too much into this. Um, Cause I know it's been talked about a ton there mm-hmm. There's been a lot of reporting on it, but but Dallas, man. Um they've got a couple wins over the last 4 or 5 days, so it's not mm-hmm. as bleak as it was looking when they were kind of mired in like that six game losing streak, I want to say. Yeah. Part of that I just feel like was bad luck. I mean, I know we played them twice, the Suns and we had a couple tight wins Booker hit that game winner down to yeah. with a second and a half left. Like, I mean, they were getting some gut punches. From teams who were just kind of taking their best shot at them but I don't know Man, I think we need to relook at that roster construction a little bit um Josh Richardson has not been the fit that I thought he would be Dorian Finney-Smith like I think is kind of been a below average player for a couple years now um Chris Dobbs is I Don't know, I'm still Chris Hoff's believer. I still think like his skill set is elite, and there's only a couple guys in the league that can truly do what he does when he's on. But how often is he on, even when he's on the yeah. court? I feel like you get every other game where he's kind of you know half speed shell himself, and it's just tough to get that guy's like maximum potential when you get it, it's incredible. But, um, are they truly a threat this year? I know they beat the um or they took the Clippers deep last year in the playoffs and it was like look out this is the next you know perennial title contending team and I thought they were going to be in the running for Giannis that it really looks different six months down the road
0: yeah I totally agree um and I think that some of the losses that they had in the offseason have turned out to be a little bit more of a you know more of a loss than they actually realized um I think a lot of that's because these guys haven't quite played up to what they should be. You know, Uh, you know, Dorian Finney Smith hasn't been shooting the ball as well as he did last year. Uh, KP hasn't, you know, still looked like himself. And, you know, and that's the problem is that you really just never know, like he just gets injured so often it's, and so it was such a big risk for Dallas to go and get him from New York. Um, But now it's just kind of, it's just difficult to, you know, to really see what you're going to get out of him, and so it's so hard because, like, you look at Luca and and KP and these other guys, you're like, yeah, like this should like they should be a contender, but between injuries or whatever else, it just hasn't been what they thought it was going to be. Um, and coming into the season, you know, I had my bets on Luca for MVP this year. Oh, and... me too, man. I was outspoken
1: about it, and he's yeah, he's not looked good.
0: Yeah, like, um, I mean, you had that quote. I think it was like a week or so ago of Zach Lowe saying that Luca's becoming like one of like the whiniest players, whatever. Like, this was not the narrative that we saw going into this year with Dallas with Luca. Um, and so, and you're right. You know, they have gotten a couple wins. They've won the last two games. Um, you know, but they're still a decent, you know, a ways out. So they'd have to have a real turnaround. They they would really have to have Kristaps uh, kind of dig in deep and you know try to get back to who he was um if there's any chance for them to kind of get back into this thing
1: I feel like lucas still looks out of shape like you can just yeah. see it and I, we've watched the nba for long enough like you can tell when guys are just a little bit kind of rounder in the cheek like mm-hmm. just a little bit slow off the dribble like this league is unforgiving like you you need every ounce of like speed agility like if you're a half step or a quarter step slower than you were the year before, you see it all the time. Guys age from thirty two to thirty-three, and it's like they're seventy-five percent less effective because they've lost even a half of a step. I just can't imagine how dominant Luca could be if he was like in incredible shape. You yeah. know, he sped up his step a little bit. He was pushing the ball like up and down the floor instead of jogging up and down the floor like he'd be a menace, man. You could not stop that guy. I still think in a playoff series, they're super scary because yeah. if, if, if KP is healthy and Luca's Luca, they could beat anybody. I still truly believe that. I think their ceiling is just as high as almost any team in the league. Um, and I think going forward, you look at, obviously if they get a free agent to kind of complement, kind of form a pseudo big three, then look out. But the biggest knock on them, I think, is their defense, right? They can't stop anybody. Um, it's the their same defense, thing about Brooklyn. And, it's,
0: and it's their three-point shooting because Dallas is one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league right now.
1: And that's a good point because Brooklyn, as bad as they are defensively, is one of the best three-point shooting teams, and so they're beating teams 140 to 138. But let's, talk about, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about defense real quick, and I, I heard this on um, Brian Windhorst's podcast this week. This was fascinating. I had never heard this stat before, um, but they were talking about Brooklyn and they were talking about Brooklyn's title aspirations in regards to how poor of a defense they have. And typically over the years, it's kind of been talked about that you have to have a top 10 defense or at least near a top 10 defense to be a title contending team, to be a truly title contending team. Okay. But over the course of the last couple of years, the offense has become so potent and and the the league has changed so drastically. One horse went back to 2016 and he looked at the worst team in the league defensively, gave up 110 points. I want to say a game uh, back in 2016. I don't know which team this was, but in today's league, they'd be the 20th rated defense. He goes back to 2012, 2012, 2013, the second year that the Heat were on that final drum with LeBron, Wade, Bosh, right? Eight years yeah. ago, I think the Hornets, he said, were the worst team in the league defensively. They would rank 10th in the league defensively today. That's just eight years ago. So, like, that's how drastically the league has shifted this quickly. So offense is at a premium, and I don't think necessarily, like, we can just rule out teams because they're terrible at this point in the season defensively. So I'll make that argument. You know, just as much as I will for Brooklyn as I will for Dallas, because I think Dallas right. is terrible defensively. But I think you get in the series. I, I'm not going to say the offense is going to win out. Dual defense, we that's been proven over the years to necessarily not necessarily be the case. But I do have to qualify that it's a different day and age, and the league is rapidly changing. So,
0: yeah, I think I think, I think that's a great point. Um, so now, um, one more. Team, I want to chat about, um, kind of thinking about defense, actually, are the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Um, the Jazz have looked very good. I mean, the, I think they've won the like 15 of their last 16 games or something like that. Yeah. Um, that is insane. Um, they have just been slaying every team that they go up against. Um, yeah and they have looked just very good. I'm not, I still don't think that they are at the caliber of either of the LA teams, honestly. Um, like, you know, kind of like looking to like the playoff picture, for example. Um, but I think that they are kind of in that second tier um, right below those LA teams um, and just how dominant that they have been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. Um I don't want to take anything away from them because they've been incredible. Um, I, I get a little bit of, like, regular season Milwaukee vibes from them just because I don't know if they have enough guys to do this in a playoff series. Now, the Jazz fans, if you're listening, like, Donovan did it last year. So I'm not saying he can't. Like, he has showed that he can take over a playoff series, and he was absolutely incredible in the playoffs last year. And he, I mean, really, truly his rookie year as well when they beat Russ in the first round in OKC. Like, so Donovan, I mean, has proven, and really to discredit my point here, he's proven that he can do it in the playoffs. I just don't know, do they even have a second guy? I love Jordan Clarkson. I don't trust Rudy in those situations. Um, man, I don't know. I uh, yeah. I, lo- I love them. I just I just don't know if they're just a, regular, a good regular season team.
0: Right. Um, and I will say, um, so I was talking about this with one of my buddies the other day, and we were yeah. kind of talking about the jazz and kind of the hot shoot they've been on and everything. And one thing that we kind of talked about was it felt like coming into this season, you had so many teams that were so different that had been changed up that their starting roster, you know, and lineup just was different either by one guys or two guys or something. Like most teams that felt like had some sort of a change and you look at sure. the jazz and they have the same starting five. Even their yep. sixth man yep. is the same from last year. Continuity, so yeah. Yes. And so you have all of these teams that are trying to, in a short end offseason, trying to just kind of get started. They're playing all these back-to-backs. They're missing guys because of COVID or whatever. And then you have the Utah Jazz here. And this is not to try to downplay what they've done because they've played really well. But they've had the continuity from last season. And I think that these guys – even with one or two of them missing, they know what they kind of are, and they've been able to play to that very well. Their yep. defense has been good. They've been lockdown shooters. Um, they've gotten Bogey back this season, who has been incredible for them. He's been really uh, good. Yeah. Yep. Um, you've seen Mike Conley improve from last season. You know, I remember this time last year. You know, with the Jazz, we were talking about like, is Conley just done? Like, can yeah. he even do anything? And he's now kind of figured out his role with Gobert alongside Mitchell. Like last year, it looked like those two couldn't even be on the court at the same time together. Like, and now they're flourishing off of one another. So I think that the continuity has been a large piece of that, that just the team has stayed together when so many have been off and different. Um, Obviously that's not, you know, you can't say that for so much for too much longer because, teams will have been together for a while now and you know they need to have been able to figure it out but for kind of getting the season started this way credit to the jazz for doing that um but i do think part of that is just because of their team kind of staying consistent
1: for sure for sure um yeah and that's not taking anything away from them because they've been the best team in the league by a good margin, yes. and it's yes, been on for the sure. sides of the ball like they're not a team i want to play in the playoffs but if you're asking me do i want to play like the Lakers or the Jazz, like I don't care if the Jazz have a better record, like I'd much rather play the Jazz. You know what I mean? So
0: yeah, I'll take the Jazz every time. <laughs> it's it's all it's all
1: relative, right? Like and and so I I think that you know they deserve all the accolades, but I'm interested to see kind of going forward how they fare in a playoff series. And I mean, there's ghosts in the playoffs too. Like they haunt you year to year. The Jazz blew a three one lead. We always, always talk about Golden State blowing a three one lead in the finals. Like but a team like the jazz is going to go a bit more under the radar. Wasn't the finals not as popular, but those things are real. And those things are going to come up. It's going to come up with the Clippers. There's no question. I think it comes up with the jazz to a lesser extent, but I think we'll have to, they're they're going to have to get over that hump, I guess. Yeah. Um, Okay. Let's uh, let's rapid fire a a couple, you know, last few segments here. Um, And let's do this like draft style. Okay. So like, okay. You go, I go, you go, I go. Maybe we'll do a couple rounds of a draft. Let's, uh, in reference to that Draymond Green shot, the just (laughs) beautiful, abysmal, whatever monstrosity that was last night, who is, and I'll let you go first here, who is like the absolute last guy you want taking a clutch three-pointer for you in the fourth quarter, two seconds left, you're down two, so they can't like, drive in, take a two to tie it. Well, I guess two, you could tie it, but say you're down three, you're down three. You need this to tie to send it in overtime. Okay. Two seconds left. Who is the absolute last person current or over like the last 10 years that you want taking that shot?
0: Ooh. Um, I, I don't know about like last 10 years, but uh, I'm just like looking like up and down rosters, trying to think of players on teams and, uh, this this one might come as a shock to you, but uh, as uh, with how he's been shooting, uh, I'm gonna go with Giannis. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's,
1: not taking the guy. He might airball uh... it. <laughs> that's, <laughs> not, that's not that's a bad take, man. That's I mean, he, I mean, he's he's
0: <laughs> airballing multiple free throws to clinch a game and can't do it. So. Uh yeah sorry Giannis that's my pick <laughs>
1: it's pretty it's pretty abysmal man it's pretty bad yeah I mean Draymond is right up there for me that's who I'd want to pick obviously we used him in the in the first segment so I'll go with someone else. yeah but why does Draymond shoot like he has scoliosis like I don't understand he, <laughs> he literally looks like he gets tased like before he shoots the ball I'm like just you're six foot eight just extend like why do you have to punch over so bad yeah oh, i don't understand but i would say because there are certain big guys that five years ago i would say like well, that guy can't shoot and now you're looking at mm-hmm. like nothing mcgee and it's like jamelle mcgee can shoot like it's true alex line can shoot like where did this come from there are big guys though that will never be able to shoot and that big guy is is the the great big french baguette
0: i knew that was coming <laughs>
1: at thembo dude he's just such a terrible shooter I hate watching him shoot free throws like I can't even imagine Rudy gobert trying like attempting to shoot a three-pointer
0: Mm-mm. that would
1: be maybe the last guy in the league right now I'd want yeah he
0: was he was my he was my runner-up <laughs> yes. I literally can't even picture it in my head and try to shoot a three-pointer like like does his form start at his chest does
1: it start above his head like you literally don't know. tell you literally you don't know. tell you honestly just kick it like try to <laughs> try to knee it like you'll probably have a better shot oh, all right who's your, who's your next pick we'll do one more each um
0: for the last guy i want taking the shot um
1: um
0: i gotta think do you do you have one i i gotta i gotta I do, think I my next one is okay my, who's yours mine's
1: easy because it, it is very closely related to, to Rudy Gobert in the news recently Shaquille O'Neal their beef they've been beefing back and forth <laughs> Shaq wants to dunk on Rudy uh I love it but I I think Shaq's maybe taking it a little too far but but Shaq's my my other guy I would say that I literally can't picture Shaq trying to take a three-pointer Shaq was yeah. so dominant in his own right and it was a different day and age but if I needed a clutch three-pointer he'd be right up
0: there. I would – that'd be one of the last guys I'd want to shoot in that ball. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I I think those are three good ones. So, to just zag to another question, kind of along the same idea. So, we saw this this, – last night, we saw the beautiful pass from Miles Bridges to LaMelo Ball, and he kind of, like, quick touch past it for that, like, end of buzzer shot or whatever. Sure. Um, So – so now, so now you're in this situation. So you've got, you know, there's no time left on the clock. You have no timeouts. You're chucking the ball the full length of the court to try to get a like a half a second shot off for someone. Who's your guy throwing from out of bounds that you want throwing that ball?
1: Easy. The big Kiwi. No question about it, man. Steven Adams. <laughs> Steven Adams. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Ben Roethlisberger, man. He's huge. Seriously. He's got a cannon. Like, he's like... Sneaky, accurate too. He, he yeah. made a play tonight. I was watching the game on TNT. He made a nice little full court pass to Eric Bledsoe. He's good at that, man.
0: He's yeah, got an arm.
1: He's got a future in yeah. the NFL if you ever. <laughs> hear it. Um, what about you? And I I think mine
0: is uh, same kind of idea. The guy that's just been able to he's proven he can do it. Uh, Nikola Jokic. Uh, oh yeah, he has. He can he can pass that thing so well, and he'll lay it perfectly in their hands to get the quick layup like he like there's been highlights of him where he'll step out of bounds turn around and just chuck it and it's like right spot on so i uh, yeah. i think we got two big guys you know that could uh
1: i got them, one more for find you. their way oh yeah, yeah he hasn't been relevant <laughs> really in like three years it feels like but but k love dude he, he was uh, okay the king of that like five years ago back on the calves and like I said, the, the dude's not been relevant forever. He's been hurt and just mm-hmm. cashing huge checks to not play basketball. But but he is great at that kind of full-court outlet path. So I got to give him some credit. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go into first-time All-Stars. And so we mentioned a couple of these guys earlier, but let's do it the same way. Let's do a little bounce back and forth draft style. Who is a guy that you think deserves a little bit of shine and has at least – at least a shot some potential at being selected as a first time all-star with that game coming up. The whole, the game itself is a whole set of issues. It's a bit bit of a tinderbox right now, as far as conversations go. So we could get into that. I'm just going to get into the, let's just get into the players and let's just get into like, you know, maybe who's deserving of a first time all-star nod. You go first.
0: Yeah. Um, So my first one, and we talked about it a little bit, but Darren Fox. um, Yeah. He is just played so well. I think he absolutely deserves to To get his first All Star nod this year,
1: yeah. Let me look up his stats because I, I want to see exactly where he's at. So he has had a crazy couple last couple weeks.
0: Yeah, so he's averaging twenty three points a game, six and a half assists.
1: He's shooting
0: thirty six percent from three, um, and about forty eight percent from the field. Um, man, that's no joke, man.
1: Twenty-three yeah. and seven, um, almost forty percent from three. Mm-hmm. How do you not select that guy to an all-star team? And the Kings are playing good yeah. ball.
0: Yeah, um, and he's average. You know, he's averaging like almost a steal and a half a game. So I I think that Fox should definitely get his nod towards the all-star game this year.
1: Yeah, he's got my vote, man. I'm I'm happy to see Sac City win some games, man. Sac Town, man. Sac Town. Sorry, Sac Town. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, who's your pick, Kyle? I've got uh, – I mean, well, let's start off with the two we already talked about. Jalen Brown, for all yep. the reasons we talked about, he's been incredible. Yes. There's no way you can get that guy out of the All-Star game. First time All-Star yeah. lock it in.
0: Yeah, he, he he absolutely deserves to be there. Um, what what are his averages right now? Do you know?
1: Yeah, let me pull it up real quick. Um, while I'm doing that, you get your next guy queued up here. Because his yeah. next ones might be a little more fringe. Like, they have a chance, maybe similar to – um Brandon Ingram last year where it was he was one of those last guys teetering on that precipice and, and it, made it made it in so
0: yeah Jaylen I think Brown. I think I think Brown and Fox are two guys that just seem like yes like they should be so maybe the yeah. few ne- next few names will be ones that you know they should they should they be considered for a spot kind of thing.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. so Jalen Brown's averaging holy cow it's averaging 26 and five and a half rebounds, almost four assists. So essentially
0: Jeez.
1: almost 27, six and four. Um, he's shooting 42 and a half percent from three. Like, Oh my gosh. He, he blew past that like first time all-star entry to like those numbers are like top 10 player in the league numbers. So we'll see how he sustains those, but there's zero question that guy's an all-star this year. Jeez. All right, that's, who do you got?
0: That's crazy. Um, so, my next pick is um, I, I think he's kind of in the where Devin Booker has been at for the last couple of years. Uh, yeah. A guy that just you're not really sure if he deserves it or not, just based off of where his team's at. Uh, but Zach Levine. Um, yeah. So, if you want to hear some good numbers, and now obviously some people kind of say the same thing, you know, oh, good numbers, bad team. But he's averaging 27 points a game. Five rebounds and five assists, shooting 41% from three. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, we just about heard the same stat line from Jalen Brown. Now Jalen Brown's doing it on a winning basketball team, but the fact that Zach Levine's doing this at all, I think <laughs> is showing that he might deserve to kind of to kind of finally get there because the numbers he's averaging right now are just crazy. Yeah,
1: that's awesome. Honestly, put the best players in. Who cares what their team's doing? Like, if a guy, Bradley Beal last year averaging 30 a game, how do you keep that guy in the All-Star game? Like, he's clearly shown in the past and then this year again that he's an All-Star. And so Zach Levine is putting up this kind of numbers like, I have no problem putting that guy in the All-Star game. Um, And it'd be good for him because he's really grown as a player. He got moved around a little bit as a young player. Um, He had a terrible situation last year with Boylan. Everyone on that team did. Um, so it's not like he's – it's not all been, like, sunshine and roses for that guy and his development. So huge credit to him for, like, internal growth and development. We see, we've seen it in Devin Booker. When you're in dysfunctional situations, a lot of guys completely, you know, um, they have terrible, like, growth trajectories. And they totally they falter. Fall. And it totally ruins their – Um, their progression as a player. And a lot of guys end up out of the league coming out of those situations. So huge credit to Zach Levine in that sense. Um, Yeah. Okay. My next guy is Julius Randle. Pride of the New York Knicks right now. Um, Yeah, man. Averaging almost 23 points, close to 11 rebounds and about six assists. 23, 11, and six shooting 39.8% from three. I mean, those are all-star numbers. He was closer to like a triple-double average earlier. The assists have dropped off a little bit, but still from a big man to average almost six assists, plus 11 rebounds, 23 points. I think he's still going to need a little bit of a a surge to get in. So if he can maybe sprinkle in a couple triple-doubles between now and the all-star break, up that average like 24, 12, and seven, like, He's just going to make it impossible not to put him in. But the shooting 40% from three is, I think, a really, really nice kicker. Um, All things considered, Knicks are playing pretty decent basketball. Like, I think it'd be so awesome to see a guy like Julius Randle really change the narrative about him and get him to the All-Star game.
0: No, I I love that. I think that's a great name Um, because I I agree. I think that he has shown that he kind of deserves to be put in that category. Um there's I'm kind of like looking up. There's a player or two that I'm kind of unsure about. Um yeah. guys sue it's maybe they're like just under that spot of being considered, but sure. like maybe throw their name around a little bit. Um Malcolm Brogdon. Uh had a good year. Had a really good year. He's had a good year. So Brogdon is averaging almost 22 points a game, uh, four rebounds um just under seven assists so basically like 21 and a half and six and a half for points and assists shooting yeah. 30 39 from three 45 from the field um and he's probably you know he's been i i would argue the second best player on for the pacers um yeah. alongside with um uh it's a bonus. um yeah and obviously, you know, we're not seeing Karis LeVert right now for Indiana. Um, I think Karis LeVert, but pre-injury, was definitely having an all-star year. Um, he was playing so well in Brooklyn. He was. Um, yeah, I was
1: excited to see him in Indiana. And obviously, obviously that situation is super scary, like just hoping for his recovery. but
0: Yeah, um, but I, I think that Brogdon has kind of shown that he, you know, he's – a little bit more on the not as flashy side of being an all-star, you know? Absolutely. Uh, But I I thought that's just kind of like Indiana plays, you know, like even Sabonis, you know, like Sabonis has improved a lot, but he's not like the, like this big, like highlight reel kind of player, you know, they just, they just kind of like buckle down, play their game and they just blue collar
1: basketball, man. It's true. They (laughs) they embody the state of Indiana It's blue collar. They just get the job done. I like Brogdon a lot. I've always liked Brogdon I, I agree, it's going to take a bit more of a push for him to get in, but those numbers, is, so. he's hes in the conversation, no question. Mm-hmm. Any other guys that jumped out at you? That's all I had on my list, but any other like yeah. guys on the, on the bubble that you had? Or Yeah, um, a- another guy on the bubble, and, and part of
0: this is just because he's one of my favorite players to watch, but Fred Van Vliet. Um,
1: uh, Freddie V. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, <laughs> Freddie V, man. Especially with Toronto looking a little bit better. I mean, he had that – huge game like a week or so ago um he did he end up getting to 60 or no no not to 60 he broke no 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 yeah he broke 50 but he had like
1: 11 threes which was was crazy 45 going into the fourth and he ended up with yeah he only had like five or six points in the fourth which happens a lot more than you think it's really tough when you're that high up and all of a sudden the defense really keys in you start getting doubled even tripled at times and so yeah that was awesome though it was so cool to see that Most points ever from an undrafted player. I mean, Dan Fleet's such such an awesome talent. He's so fun to watch. Yeah. Um, And then
0: there's two teams I want to throw at you that I'm curious on what your thoughts like. Is anyone on the team good enough to kind of make that? Or like who would be the guy? Okay, Um, okay. uh, Well, so one of them, it's the Nuggets. But my question is, um, Jamal Murray, he's
1: kind of disappeared a little bit this season
0: Perfect, um, he
1: vanishes at times yeah obviously Jokic and, is a no-brainer I, my gut reaction says he's not an all-star i know yeah. it's crazy after what he did in the bubble i, I don't know I, let me look at his stats real quick i just there's too many games where he's has like 11 points and like four assists and he's just a non-factor i just don't know how it happens he's so talented I just wish he would have hurt himself night in, night out. Because he, he could score 25 every single night. He could average 22 and a half in his sleep. Yeah. Um, but he's at 18, 18 and four. Like, are those really all-star numbers.
0: Yeah. The Nuggets
1: aren't like a two seed in the league. Right. They started off really slow and have kind of worked their way back. Yeah, 18 and four. He's shooting 34% from
0: three.
1: Mm. Like, that's, just not an
0: all-star yeah which if you would have told me like you know bubble time last year that jamal murray wouldn't be an all-star like that would be insane i mean the way he was right? playing, it was unbelievable what he was doing it's so, really a sh- it, it's a
1: huge shame that he is.
0: hasn't
1: totally capitalized on that because he is perennial all-star talent he's like top 10 player in the league talent yeah and it's not just like oh he did it for a quarter he's done it for playoff series like I don't understand why he disappears for so long in the regular season, but it's you just don't know which guy you're gonna get night in night out. What other yeah. team did you have? That that was a really good one. I I yeah. hadn't thought about Jamal Murray like that. Um, so the other name, uh
0: so it's San Antonio Spurs.
1: Oh, good team. A lot of so good players. Spurs, are there any great players?
0: Yes. So Spurs are at the top of their division, they're fifth in the West right now. Mm-hmm. Um do they have a player that is on the cusp or is, you know, that could be there soon that can be that guy to make the all-star team? Or do they just have like – are they kind of like the Indiana in the of the West, you know, do they all just kind of have their good players and they just kind of, you know, play their game kind of thing? Well, you-, you lived
1: in San Antonio, so you – you can tell me, you know, if, <laughs> if I'm right here, but they are kind of a blue-collar team, are they not? It's a bit of a blue-collar city. A little, city. Bit. Yeah. A little bit. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I will say no, because okay. I don't think Pop gives – he doesn't ride guys night in, night out it, it, outside of maybe DeMar Rosen, who's going to get his consistent minutes. But, like, I have been watching – Keldon Johnson double double lines on the betting market for a while. I saw it got up as high as eight to one, almost ten to one there for a minute. And Keldon Johnson, it's he either gives you like twelve and nine where he's flirting with a double double, or he gives you like four and three. And it's a big part of it's due to his minutes because if Rudy Gay is playing well, Popovich loves Rudy Gay, and so Popovich will play Rudy Gay the whole most of the third quarter and almost all the fourth quarter. Kelly Johnson will play like four second half minutes. I've seen some old school guys. I've seen Thibodeau do it with RJ Barrett too. If a guy is hot, RJ Barrett has not played in the fourth quarter in a couple of close games. You know, like, how is that happening? I've seen the same thing with Popovich. And so I just don't think these guys are getting enough consistent minutes to be featured in an all-star role. We saw last night, DeJounte Murray is an incredible young talent. DeJounte yeah. Murray absolutely has all-star talent, but, I don't know if DeJounte Murray is going to get featured enough in the San Antonio offense to even get close to that. I'm even talking like next year, the year after. That's how Popovich is. He's going to roll with the guys that are hot that night, that are shooting well, which makes him such a good coach. He is so good at adapting. But I do think it hurts players as far as being featured a little bit. So unless they're an absolute superstar talent, which San Antonio's had, they've had a lot of all-stars. But this current group, I love watching them play. I think they're a really fun team. I think it's has really hard for guys to get featured night in, night out in conference system.
0: Yeah, I agree. I was just kind of looking over some of the stat lines, uh, both Murray and Keldon Johnson are both averaging about 15 points, like seven rebounds and yeah. two and five assists. Uh, but your highest scoring guy is, you know, DeMar DeRozan. He's averaging about 20 points a game, seven assists, five rebounds. Shooting about 35% from three, but about 50% from the field. Um, yeah. So, you know, having a good year, you know, but I think it's kind of that, you know, just doesn't quite, you know, move the needle enough for you to kind of get him into the all-star conversation. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's just, he, it's, it's him. He's surrounded by these really, this really fun, good young core and they're just playing well. Um, but I, I think I agree though. I don't think that there's like one of these guys that you could really convince me enough on to say, yeah, like he deserves to be an all-star.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're getting there. They're getting there, and there's a couple of guys, Keldon Johnson and Dejounte Murray, could both be all stars in two or three years. Oh, they're they're so like, fun to watch. They're so they're fun to really watch. Really awesome talents. I love Derek White still, and always coming off an injury. They have a lot of players that are really, really fun. that Have a lot of potential. It's just it's the San Antonio system. Like you, you buy into the system, and you, I don't know, sacrifice some personal accolades. I think a little bit. So, anyways, that was good, man. That was fun. I like doing the. Uh, the draft format a little bit, bouncing back and forth. Um, but, yeah, we'll, uh, we're going to wrap up here. and We'll definitely be back uh, probably later this week, maybe early next week. Um, we've gotten some feedback on Twitter, so we want to, you know, address some of those in the next episode, I think. Compile four or five of those. And, so, yeah, looking forward to that. Um, and until next time, thanks for hanging out with us, and we'll see you guys soon.